Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Radwell Nurt, and I won't accept any poppycock or time wastery in this situation. I am a halfling artificer, stripped of title and rank. I am a former noble from Baldur's Gate and was unjustly, unjustly chased out. To avoid the bounty on my head, I've taken up residence in the ten towns of Icewind Dales, where I use my many talents, from my shrewd business sense to my mastery of technology and magic, to keep me alive and to keep me safe, and to keep me shielded both from the dangers of the ice and the, the dangers of my home, who seem to want me dead. Class is in session, and today I'm talking some Dungeons & Dragons Beyond, some D&D Beyond. As always, I'm your host, Scott White, also known as Professor RPG, and this week I have the pleasure of welcoming to the university Joe Starr, Content Manager for D&D Beyond and Fandom Tabletop. Welcome, Joe. How's it going, sir? It's going really good. Thank you so much for, for having me and putting up with um, uh, with my, my terrible uh, rendition of, uh, of my current home game character. Oh, uh, no, I, I believed it. I felt like I was really <laughs> listening to Radwell Nerd, the ex-noble. It, I, you, you took me I, there. I can't do accents great, and so, because um, I really wanted him to sort of be somewhere between, like, Tony Stark and um, uh, the the headmaster slash father from Umbrella Academy. I can't remember, I can't remember his name yes. off the top of my head. But, like, I can't hit that guy's voice unless I'm really focused on it. So, like, he just always ends up being, like, a 20s newspaper reporter, like an old-timey, like, that's a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just well, accepted that that's what... Yeah, just hot dang. That's, that's, I've just accepted that that's what it sounds like. Well, that just adds more layers to the character, so it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. But thank you so much for joining me here. I'm very anxious to talk some nerdy goodness and D&D Beyond with you today. But to give people a brief idea, D&D Beyond is... How would you describe D&D Beyond for those that aren't familiar with it? So uh, D&D Be- so the official boilerplate is uh, D&D Beyond is an official digital tool set for Dungeons & Dragons, an officially licensed uh, digital tool set, rather, uh, for Dungeons & Dragons. My explanation for D&D Beyond is... Um, D&D, D&D is for everyone. D&D Beyond makes it easy. So if you're ever just like overwhelmed by the idea of like a stack of books and like here's a big character sheet you have to fill out and a bunch of math that you need to do and what do all these dice do and stuff like that. I think that what we really do is make the game like as accessible as possible. I think that's our goal um, as a team is to how can we just like get you to the uh, to the part where you're playing and you're creating with your friends at a table. Very cool. Very cool. 
But D&D Beyond launched back on August 15th of 2017. It was formerly operated by Curse LLC, but it was bought in or it was acquired by Fandom back on December 12th, 2018. And to give you listeners a brief idea of what other books or adventures you might have been on when around the same time this released, Tales from the Yawning Portal, Tome of Annihilation, and Xanathar's Guide to Everything also all released in 2017. Hard to believe that was four years ago. I feel like it, it hasn't been that long. It's why, I mean, you know, just like the the breadth and depth of mm-hmm. uh, material that Wizards has put out since then uh, on, on like the D&D side and then on our side for D&D Beyond, just like how far the tool set has come is in four years is yeah no you're right it's it's pretty ridiculous it's pretty insane it it's so strange to me because kind of doing research just for when D beyond released it's become so entrenched with like my friends and things that i feel like D beyond's been around for like a decade like it's been around forever but like the books that came out at the same time i feel like oh xanathar's came out like a year ago so there's like there's strange disconnect i have between the two but with you <laughs> now, working on D D, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was just about to say it, it feels the same way working here, and I don't mean that as a negative at all. Like, oh my god, it's been an eternity. But it feels like I've either been here for two days or two years. Um, yeah. It, it just, I, I don't, I don't know if it's just like at the pace at which everything moves, or the fact that it's like, oh, cool, I'm like in the trenches, and I and I talk about elves for a living, like finally, or or, <laughs> or what it is about that. But yeah, you know, you're totally right. It just, it feels like it has been around forever and is kind of new, like kind of both at once. Yeah. So being the content manager for D and D Beyond, I imagine you prior to your role, you rolled some dice. So kind of what's your background or kind of history with tabletop role-playing games uh, as a whole, Joe? Yeah, so uh, my very first encounter with D&D was, um, I was probably in like third or fourth grade, and my um, my brother was had just left for college, and uh, so I was going through his stuff because I was a horrible <laughs> human being. As and, little brothers um, do. <laughs> as little brothers do, man. And he had this, there was like this little carrying case, and it was full of these, uh, I guess they would have been Ralpartha. Um, but just these like lead, lead, man. Not metal, not plastic, yeah. or uh, not, not pewter, lead. Uh, like God intended. Um, <laughs> just little uh, figurines of like the original starter characters. And like these really weirdly shaped dice and then just some some testers uh model paints that were already dried up and unusable right mm-hmm. um and i i loved the things that i i didn't really understand like what they were at the time like i didn't know that it was D and that there was a game and that there was a book i just had the models and and these dice um so i would just like I just loved them because they didn't have any backstory. They didn't have any name. So they were just, they were just kind of mine. Right. And, Mm -hmm. um, I would just put them on little adventures and I would roll the, the, the D 20 and just be like, if it's above a 10, he, it it happens. And if it's below a 10, you know, something else has to happen or, or whatever. And just that, that's how I would like play with those things. And, um, uh, and then sometimes I would use them like on my hero quest board. Uh, oh, hero <laughs> quest. Of a, oh yes. Hero quest. But, um, 
so that was like my first real entry into D&D. And then like my first uh, sort of kickoff with actually getting to play a role-playing game proper. Because, you know, once I finally got into like, okay, these are role-playing games, then I understood like, oh, okay. Like now I understand like this thing I've been messing with, uh, you know, for, for ages. But my first like proper entrance was Palladium Games. Uh, so like TMNT and Other Strangeness and Rifts and Heroes Unlimited and mm-hmm. oh god, what other weird stuff did they put out? Um, uh, so those mainly mainly yeah. turtles, mainly turtles and rifts were were the big ones, and that was like probably like fifth sixth grade because um, you know I made a buddy that uh, was also interested in that in that stuff. Um, that's the big gateway, right? Is actually making a friend. Um, and then hopefully that friend also likes the things that you like. Um, and, uh, and then, so we got into that stuff and it was mostly just, we'd, you know, like one person would, would run the game and the other person would play. Um, uh, and his older sister played, um, world of darkness. So like vampire and Mm -hmm. mage, the Ascension and all that stuff. And we almost got into that. And then, uh, but I'm from Kentucky and so Satanic Panic still very big. Uh, this would have been like, I don't know, early-ish to mid-ish, like, 90s. Okay. And so Satanic Panic still huge, right? And so, like, the moment parents found out that we were going to try to play Vampire or something like that, they that got squashed really big. So um, I actually didn't have my first, like, proper D&D game until I got to college college the and, time uh, to experiment and expand your horizons as they say exactly yeah just uh have a beer and uh and 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 uh roll some dice but it was uh you know so that was my first time like actually mm-hmm. getting into a, into a like an actual proper game uh of D, but it, it's kind of just stuck ever since you know whether it's D or uh like playing on a mush or like in high school, I was big into like superhero RPG forums, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Just like wherever I could find a place to play Nightcrawler, I was gonna. Uh, that's I was gonna live there for a while. Um, yeah, so whether it was D and D or it was just another way to sort of just make up and create stories with with folks, uh, I was I was very into it. So, was your first experience with three or three five then? I'm guessing around that time frame. I think it. I think uh, that, that would have been like 2001. So yeah, it would have been three or three five. Yeah. Do you remember your first character? Yeah. So um, my my first uh, character I played was um, was a paladin. Uh, I don't remember the paladin's name, but the important part of the paladin was that I begged to have a husky. <laughs> That, that hung out with the paladin and my buddy Jason, who was DMing, was like, okay. And because uh, he was a very cool DM who was just like, yeah, 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 let's just have fun. Um, and so uh, my paladin had, had a husky named Agrius uh, after the Final Fantasy Tactics character. And um, like Wonderful three. Game, by the way. Wonderful. Game. Uh, such, oh, so good, so good, so good. Um, uh, but like three adventures in, we were fighting something like a, a couple of no, it was like just like a pack of orcs or something, just something really like basic. And uh, mm-hmm. we definitely lost Agrius, and I was definitely just scarred from there. I was just like, <laughs> no. Um, 
so yeah, that was the that's the the key defining moment to my very first uh, proper D and D character was that they lost their dog like three weeks in. <laughs> Pour one out for for Agrius. Mm-hmm. 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 Best pop. No, it was, it was tragic. It was very tragic. <laughs> uh, but now that you've you, I mean, I've seen you stream like recently. You were doing stuff with uh, the. Uh, Jasper's charity event recently. You obviously work on D and D Beyond. Your rolling dice has permeated your life. Uh, it, do you still retain that same like wonder and magic, like from when you first played? Yeah, you know, I think that's why I I like this stuff so much. Sorry, that was such an artful way to say it. I think that's why I really like the stuff. Is but <laughs> there's that because you know I I've I've been pretty fortunate uh, with with my creative career right so like before D and D Beyond I was at Screen Junkies and Honest Trailers um, and writing those and I I loved doing that and I, I love that crew but there's there's something about the ability now to be able to just focus like professionally on helping people create something mm-hmm. and like tell a story that's so cool and like just honestly so so meaningful to me um we actually had a work meeting this morning and uh uh we do like a thing the person who facilitates the meeting uh this guy bart who's awesome he's he's our marketing director does a thing where uh every week someone's responsible for bringing in just like a it's almost like a show and tell just something cool to talk about whether it whether it relates to the business or 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 not and it was it was actually mine this morning, and um, a buddy had sent me a YouTube clip of um, uh, it was an interview with one of the guys who played in the original Blackmore game mm. in like 1971, and he's like the very first person who ever played a wizard in, in a role playing game campaign, and you know here he is in, in like his late 80s, and he's still just like sitting down, and he's like, here's the here's the thing about that character and why it was so cool and stuff like that, which I, I loved so much, and I was it, it it you know it dawns on me that like my job is to help facilitate people being able to create those memories for themselves so that hopefully mm. when they're in their 80s they're like God I remember that time that we fought that troll. And uh, we thought we were gonna lose our bard, and but we didn't, you know. And uh, yeah, so that that's sort of like the, just the magic of it for me. I love being able to play with people who have never played. Um, that's my absolute favorite thing to do. That mm. moment where like they just find the, that moment where it like clicks, you know, um, mm-hmm. is is super fun. Is just super super fun. It's like a nice little high to keep chasing. Oh, I I completely agree. During the pandemic and everything, I started getting my fiance into D anD D. She had never really played before, and we gathered up a group. And I'm running a campaign, and to see her go from I don't I don't, I don't know what I want to do. Like I guess I'll be a rogue kind of kind of uh player, I guess. To when I step away to like grab a drink, I hear her like strategizing and formulating theories on like what's going on. Like that jump has been so so fun fun to see and to see them all like get into it and it's like i feel a lot more comfortable like playing this character and then seeing her like do research on 
different rogue builds and asking me questions on, oh, what if I multi-class? Like, what would you suggest? Or, uh, I think I'll hold off a couple levels so I can get this skill in rogue, like, evasion in rogue, so I can, and then I'll do multi-class and things like that. Like, that excitement is so cool to see, and it, it reminds me of the excitement I felt when I was first starting to, like, really get it. Like, I seeing what mm-hmm. made tabletop role-playing games and D&D so special. Um, yeah, no, I, you know, and I, you know, we had the, the same moment that like the first time I, my wife played it was there was like a cool, like they were fighting zo- like some zombies attacked the saloon they were in. And I it was like uh, Chill Touch or Ray of Frost or mm-hmm. I, I can't remember what the cantrip was exactly. But, um, you know, she was like, wait, can I if I can if like some of its of the zombies like innards are exposed, can I like direct the spell like into its head so that it like outwardly explodes with ice? And I was just like, yes, like, yes, you can. Like, that's yep. the game. Like, oh, my God, I'm like, I'm so excited about this. So I, and, um, you know, with, during the pandemic, you know, just like you, um, uh, I've been lucky enough that uh, our neighbors are our good friends and they're our home game. Uh, and they're like our little pod. So we've had mm-hmm. like our little pod through this. Um, and part of that pod is uh, uh, one of our neighbor's sister who's not only has never played, but is like the furthest thing from someone who would be interested in this at all. Like has never really seen star Wars, mm-hmm. um, uh, knows Lord of the Rings as the hot elf movies, you know, <laughs> you know? So like, and so, but she was like, yeah, 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 I'll play. And just watching her like get into it more and more. And like, she started like emailing me like backstory and, you know, stuff like this. And like, here's the, here's like the dastardly thing about her, about her, about my character's father and like, you know, all this stuff. And just like watching her like get so into it has, has been awesome and just like super rewarding. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. Uh, I, I love being both a DM and a player. Uh, I think both offer so many fun, mm-hmm. fun avenues to to explore. But kind of touching on the pandemic that we've all been going through, it as a working on D and D Beyond, which is a digital client, like you said earlier, to help make the whole experience easier. What's kind of been the reception that you guys have seen with D and D Beyond since the start of the pandemic, and have you guys? I hope you and your family and everyone's doing uh, has done well with everything but what's what's been the reception for D&D Beyond since the pandemic started sure yeah yeah yeah. no and 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 thank you you know and I I, and I I feel like it's funny whenever we talk about pandemic stuff we always have to like put in that footnote of like and I'm not trying to you know like downplay but I think just like having something to do and keep you sane Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, is, is an important part. You know, it's like it's not a. You know, it's definitely not like a small question, right? Like, um, but you know, for us, it's it's been it's been really cool. I mean, for Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop in general. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Forbes put out an article, you know, a couple weeks ago. You know, D and D for wizards. Like, I I I can't like directly quote the article off the top of my yeah. head, but I, I I'm pretty sure they basically like carried Hasbro through the year. You know. Yeah. Which is crazy, um, you know, to the point that, you know, there, you know, I, I mean, how many D&D movies are now in development at Warner Brothers? Like, how many shows, like, um, yeah. you know, just based on, like, the, you know, stuff that the trades have put out and stuff. So, I mean, the 
it, it, it definitely has just exploded, you know, during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, definitely, definitely for us too. Cause I think, um, again, I, I think we just remove that barrier to entry really well. Um, and so, you know, we've had lots of, you know, new faces and, and new players, which is really rewarding to me because I, you know, obviously on the, the economic side of thing, I've never understood gatekeepery nerds, right? Yeah. Um, oh, this is mine. Get out. You know, because, you know, even just on the economic side, it's like, well, then your thing is going to die. You know, yeah. Um yeah, you know, I'm a huge Warhammer fan too, and watching I I understand that what? people love Warhammer Fantasy, mm-hmm. but like it was gonna die, you know, unless they did something big and drastic and took big chances with it and made it new player friendly. So that like that's the point of Age of Sigmar, you know. Otherwise, it was just gonna keep dwindling to nothing, and then you were gonna lose the thing that you like. Um, uh, I play uh, I play Slaves of Darkness and Stormcast Eternals. Um, Very nice. <laughs> but uh, I actually finally, finally, after like years, just painted the last, painted and based the last model of my 2,000 points of Stormcast, and I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm a week away from being able to see people again after being vaccinated. <laughs> and the first thing I'm gonna do is is play Warhammer with my buddy Bert. It's also the f- last thing we did before uh, before the shutdown happened. But um, so, sorry, I got on a weird little like no. tangent. Uh, I was going to ask like, you about your armies anyway and what you thought about the Age of Sigmar <laughs> uh, third edition that just got announced. So it was perfectly fine. I'm uh, pretty stoked about it. I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked. Uh, if they, I swear to God, if they nerf the points on my army and all of a sudden it goes from being 2,000 to 1,400, I'm going to throw a fit. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's done. I don't want to paint any more Stormcast. They're done. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I think... Um, the there's there's room for everybody to to play mm. this game and, and to find what they like about this game and that's really that's really my goal and my hope for D&D Beyond and obviously I'm not the arbiter of hopes and goals for D&D Beyond I'm the clown that makes things about D&D Beyond so don't take my word <laughs> as like strategic gospel for the company right but like my hope is that whether you are you know a kid that that likes fantasy and sci-fi and is like okay you know what i'll give it a, i'll give it a shot um uh i i hope that we make it easier for you to jump in or if you're like a a mom who's just like what is the critical role thing that my kids like i don't understand it you know but i want to mm-hmm. understand it and so okay this game seems interesting i'm going you know what next week when we have our like mom's night in instead of like doing the the wine and paint that we usually do we're going to do this wine and dice like, much better than wine yeah, and we're, paint we're wine wine and dice man yes 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 we're going to have a wine and dice like that's my 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 hope because i i just think that we're 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 storytelling driven beasts right and mm-hmm. um just having that you know whether it's around the campfire or just like walking down the street you know like you see someone um in the park or whatever like chasing after a dog like you immediately start asking and answering questions about the thing that you're watching you immediately start filling in story information so it's just we we tell stories instinctively um and so 
you know, if we can remove the barrier to entry of like, oh my, I got to read this whole book. I don't know, man. Or like, what, you know, what's, what's a modifier? I don't know. If, if we can just get you to the place where you're being able to tell stories with your friends quicker, then that's, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's where I want us to, to be able to be. And I think, um, you know, the pandemic showed, I think like a really great need for that, for people to mm-hmm. have, be able to have that catharsis and be able to have that escape every week you know life has not been awesome uh this year and you know you know the opportunity for people to escape their day and be able to tell a story with their friends i think is really cool yeah i i completely agree i um i've spoken on this like in my game of the year i put D D near the top because it was literally the only thing after i got laid off last year that i i looked forward to like my tuesday right. night game that I would uh, meet up with my friends online and I would play it. It was like the one event that I could use to keep track of time and what day it was. And yeah, no, it's it's, it's crazy to, how important it yeah. becomes. Yeah, it, exactly. And it was that branch of inner human interaction each week mm-hmm. that I could rely on, that I could look forward to, and just escape everything that was going on instead of dealing with COVID and the pandemic and everything going on, I could escape to Eberron and be my socially awkward warforged artificer who was found in a box. You know, it was, uh, mm-hmm. it just really helped. And I, I just came away. I've come away from the whole experience appreciating it so, so much more and in love with the hobby. So, so much more. Uh, yeah, no, I I, I, I I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, um, it's uh, you know, and, and uh, it's it's a fun game, right? So like, sometimes I'm worried that people are like, "Whoa, this is a little intense. Maybe I don't want to do this." But like, it helps, man. It like mm-hmm. you know, it like it like emotionally, like it really helps. It can like get you through some stuff. It provides that escape. It provides your brain like a break that you didn't even realize that your brain might have like needed. Um, so yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. And, uh, touching on what great work you guys all do with D&D Beyond and making it accessible for more people. I think that once people are more invested in their characters in kind of the systems, they'll want to know how to like, what exact, okay, this modifier number, what, what is it exactly? So they'll go and research it or like Mm -hmm. it's D&D Beyond just makes it so that bar to entry to pe- for people to kind of really experience the fun parts and not necessarily the in deep stat tracking or keeping track of keeping track of modifiers or what skills use what modifiers and whatnot or their proficiency right. bonus it takes that out of the equation so they can just enjoy the fun and getting used to the world their character yeah. learning what makes their character tick and then from there okay, I want to actually have, like, a player's handbook that I can carry around and look at the pictures on or curl up on yeah, the couch yeah. and read or the, all the lore. Exactly. And, you know, like, because I learn by doing, um, mm-hmm. and that's been that's been a really helpful thing for uh, with D&D Beyond for me, too. You know, even uh, I, I will happily tell you that, you know, I, I was a user before I was even a, an employee, you know. But so, you know, I it's not just like company like rhetoric for me. It's, I, 
I otherwise I will be a very if I can't just do and like almost like trick myself into learning if that makes sense <laughs> like I, I yeah. will remain a very surface player like I have friends who and I'm insanely impressed by them I have friends that can sit down with like a dungeons master a dungeon master guide or the, or the player's handbook and just read it and just be like got it and then they're off to the races and I'm insanely impressed by and jealous of them I can't I can't do that mm-hmm. I I have to be able to go like, okay, what's, uh, what's, uh, what affects my charisma again? Or like, what things do my, does my charisma affect? I just have to like have those reps in place before I can like then explain to another person like, oh, that's this one. You're good. Um, and yeah, like you said, just being able to like jump in, in, into the fun part and almost like trick yourself into the learning part is, um, is, is, is the jam for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for newcomers, it can Dungeons and Dragons, and I think any tabletop RPG can be intimidating if you're not used to kind of the ad lib aspect, or mm-hmm. or if your creative brain side of your brain hasn't been isn't used as much. Like, you, what do you mean I can do whatever I want? What do you mean I can choose to like shoot this bartender or like this shopkeep and steal all his stuff? It's like, wh- what do you mean? And it's not until they get used to that. But, like, mm-hmm. D&D Beyond removes so much so they can just focus on kind of getting up to speed with that ad-libbing and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty y- Yeah, cool. so, no, you, you, yeah, you're right. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, that the more you can just sort of focus, I think, on wrapping your head around that, like, oh, wait, I just have sort of, like, complete control? Like... Do, do we have to do something first to find out if I can punch the bartender? Oh, I can, you know, yeah. like, uh, no, I can just choose to do it and we'll see what happens, you know, I think is uh, <laughs> is super valuable. So, with, like, we talked about so, all the strengths that D&D Beyond offers. From kind of a player's perspective, what would you say is an area that if you could snap your fingers that... D&D could potentially do a bit better or that you would like to see do a bit better. And I understand yeah. it because you work there, if you can't really talk about it, feel free to pass. That That's completely fine. <laughs> well, it's a very clever question aimed at tricking me into saying things. Um, uh, no, that's not what you're trying to do. Um, I will uh, sort of say this. Uh, as, you know, a user of the game and... Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll sort of couch this with is everyone on the team uses mm-hmm. the product, right? Like, everyone yeah. plays. Everyone really, like, eats, drinks, sleeps, poops, D&D, um, and is constantly just like, okay, how can we sort of make this better? Um, you know, for me as a player, um, I want... D&D Beyond to sort of be like a one-stop shop for like everything that I need to be able to play. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I, I would I would love it if um, someday like I could visualize my character on D&D Beyond. You know, I would I would love it if uh, if if the player experience was you know more immersive like in every level. Um, I think that's the goal i think that's the yeah. roadmap um for the game it's it's interesting 
watching the crew work, right? Like, it's honestly, it's really humbling. <laughs> sort of like just watching their Slack channels like light up with conversation and just being mm-hmm. like, holy shit, I'm a moron. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I, what, what are you guys even like doing and talking about? And like, how do your brains work like this? Um, but I think the really sort of interesting thing about the way the team works is that they're always trying to sort of like, you know, let's say for you, you're like, I really want um, X, Y, and Z, like, or I really want like the ability to uh, to put like a knife in a backpack, let's say, or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And the team's ability to go, okay, well, what's the need behind that need? Mm-hmm. And what's the need behind that need? And like really getting like 10 or 15 steps ahead of what seems to us just like, I just want to put a knife in a bag, man. And they're, they're really able to like blow that up, like times 100 behind the scenes to go, okay, what's the root of what you're, what folks are really asking for so that we can make an even bigger solution or so that we can solve for X, like on multiple fronts, you know, um, is it's really cool watching them work, honestly. And I think um, as we start, like, as they start connecting tool sets, mm-hmm. I think the direction that you see the the tool set go is, is just going to be really, really cool. Because that's been fun to watch, you know, because originally it was like, okay, here's a character sheet, here's the encounter builder, here's the combat tracker, and they're all kind of separate. Um, but now sort of like with the digital dice and with the combat log and being able to talk to each other and see each other's roles and, and stuff like that and being able to roll on monster stat blocks and, and, and that kind of thing, everything's really starting to like merge, yeah. um, which has been really cool to, to watch and sort of as everything really starts to like talk to each other and, and work with each other, I think the sky's kind of really the limit as to how far they can push it. It's um it's funny to me because someone once described the um uh the subscriber model for D&D, you know, as it like sort of on being, you know, the old school traditional like, well, you know what, your gaming group probably had like one guy who bought everything and then everyone would show up with snacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um so, like, that's why, you know, like, there's the content sharing, you know, as, as a subscriber, uh, where you, you, can subs- you can share your books, like, with your table so they can get access to all that stuff. Um, but I kind of feel like the we're basing this on it's 1985 and your buddies are showing up on, like, everything. Because I feel yeah. like the shared play space that they're really working on building out is also kind of the same thing, just, like, the digital version of it. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know if that felt avoidy. No, or... not at all. I think it, it, it's cool to see that how the team there is approaching requests from fans, like diving down to the root request. Like, what are they really asking, and how could we make that awesome so everyone can enjoy it? it it's very very cool to hear you all uh, dissecting and looking at it that way. It's very heartening to hear. Um, 
and just to see that what all has been added like you said like the uh the encounter the combat tracker the character creators everything that you guys are adding it's it is growing and it's becoming such a prevalent tool and i think that was that's one of the reasons why uh earlier i mentioned it feels almost like D beyond has been around for like a decade like it's been around for like ever it feels like to me because so many of my friends use it regularly it's like oh let me bring out my character on D beyond or do this for tons of campaigns i've played in uh but to see it continue to evolve and i'm sure with what you mentioned earlier with what they re- announced earlier just how well wizards of the coast and stuff is doing for hasbro on top of the pandemic where no one could play together I think it really speaks to the importance and the value added by a program like D and D beyond like a service. Um, so I yeah, I mean, you definitely coming from, and I definitely don't think def- it was a voidy or car- corporate jargon. So cool, cool, cool. Or, yeah. And I mean, I, I feel like you, you, you summed it up for me pretty, pretty well, you know, just sort of in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the value and stuff like that. Um, but you know, yeah, for me, uh, you know, as someone who plays, um, you know, uh, is there is there like a cool like DM, you know, uh, shield that can show me uh, all my pertinent information like all at once? And what would that even like look like necessarily? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that's something cool that I'm always like super interested in. Um, yeah. Um, definitely you know a lot of like things on my wish list and then a lot of things that they're doing that are coming that i hadn't even like considered honestly (laughs) that i'm like oh oh cool 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 you know um yeah no the, the 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 team behind the scenes is just is just so so killer yeah one request as a fan i will make I would love it if even, like, the base three books, like Monster Manual, uh, Magic Item Compendium, and, like, Player's Handbook were available for some of the older editions. Because I miss playing 3.5. Like, that was the main edition that I played before 5th edition. And it'd be cool to let people experience older editions. I agree with you. I think that that would be super, super fun. I think... um you know just like the business in general so forward facing like i don't you know not just us but like uh just all of these all of these Mm -hmm. these systems in general um i agree with you though i think that that would be it would be so it would be super fun even just to like um experience it for a minute you know just if there was like a toggle you know some kind of toggle of like are we playing 3.5 are we playing fifth you know (laughs) would be would be super fun even if just like people could like see the difference it uh, a couple years ago i think it might have been barnes noble or something they put out their big fancy re-releases of a bunch of the three five books and i snagged them and it's like just looking through those it's like how different it is compared to the games today um it's exciting, but kind of touching on the forward-thinking aspect, um, nothing to do with 5th edition, but what would you like to see in a 6th edition? Oh, like, Lord. what's a mechanic or something either to bring back or 
adjust from fifth fifth edition that you would like to see in a sixth edition? I always have such a hard. I always have a, a hard time with with uh, with with thinking about this stuff because, to me, you know, like one of the strengths and cool things about D and D and RPGs in general is like you can always just sort of tweak uh, yeah. if you don't like something. Um, one rule that uh, actually my my DM for my work game has that I absolutely love just to make melee combat more fun and and kind of just more like epic feeling mm. is um i forget how he worded it exactly um but uh just like bla- like swing momentum uh okay. so that you know like okay cool like you're you're sw- you're swinging your axe you've successfully connected with um you know with like this the the guy you're swinging it at but there also might be a guy to your right and is the momentum like also going to to just like continue and like strike mm. that guy um which is a super handy if you're beset upon by a horde of something but it also just like feels cool right just oh, like yeah. oh god yeah like i just dropped into the middle of all these assholes like nightwing style and um, you know, and and uh, and just like connected with three of them at the same time. Oh, this felt so good. Um, so I, I love that. Uh, I, I think um, something that I'd love, and it, it's a challenge because I think it definitely, you know, it's a game about a party of adventurers, right? But mm-hmm. I, I would, I would love, you know, how many times when you've created a session where you like, and now here's the war. You know, or now here's the siege on a castle, yeah. and like just some kind of. Um, I, I would love to see wizards official because there's lots of homebrew about it, but I, I would love to see like wizards official take on um, on uh, really like large scale encounters, and um, and your party's place within them. I think would be really cool. That would be really cool. I like that idea. Large scale skirmishes. Mm-hmm. That'd be sweet that would be very cool so do you have any personal like big moments or creative things you've ever done in a campaign that you're like man my dm was not expecting that yeah um so i uh, <laughs> um i played in a uh over on a hyper rpg which uh, if you don't follow them, give them a follow. They're really amazing people, and they make really, really great stuff. But I played yes, a, um, uh, uh, I played on a show called Pencils of Parsecs that was a Star Wars RPG uh, for them uh, using um, Edge of the Empire, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. Edge of the Empire. And um, my character on that game, Aaron, was... Um, Basically, uh, the the elevator pitch is he it, he was a, a rich kid uh, from Shodoran, which was um, one of the planets Karen Gillan invented for uh, his run of uh, the Star Wars comics on Mar- in Marvel. Is like this rich lava planet. Anyway, uh, he he bails and steals a bunch of his family's money and a ship, and basically like buys a crew to start his career as a space pirate um, is immediately mutinied on because he's an idiot 
and like just not good at it right um and gets dumped uh where i because the game was already in progress when i joined but basically like they were i think they were on tatooine because everyone has to go to tatooine at some point yep and um basically he had been dumped on tatooine and um as a joke the underworld had started calling him the pirate king but basically he was just this like court jester that everyone you know just like a punching bag for everybody um but he still maintained that big like ridiculous cockiness Mm -hmm. so that was so fun to just you know in moments where it's like okay we're this is the warehouse we've got to get into the item we're trying to get to is inside this place it's heavily guarded what are we gonna do and he would just like come in through the front door and just like (laughs) announce himself you know, and just like in the name of Jabba the Hutt, you know, or whatever, like <laughs> you're 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 all dead, or if you don't surrender, and just just like throw, just like so much chaos uh, into mm-hmm. into plans and into games. So that was always that he he was always super fun uh, <laughs> to to play <laughs> in, in 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 that in that manner. So yeah, so that was always super fun. That was that was my mo for that character was to just be like. How can I make this ridiculous? Um, which also came out or came organically because I also didn't necessarily want him to be a comedy character at first. But mm-hmm. then, like in the first session, when we were actually fighting with all of these like bounty hunters and you know just general space ruffians, uh, uh, all my roles were just awful. And so he just he just sucked. <laughs> He just sucked so badly that I was like, I think this is his thing now. I think I think this is he's just officially not good at much. Um, and so yeah, so he was he was always super fun to play. Found your call. He found his calling. Absolutely found his calling. <laughs> but then every now and then, when he did something great, it was cool as hell. Like oh, yeah. he'd actually have these actual hero moments, uh, as opposed to you know like tying his shoelaces together mm-hmm. by accident. <laughs> I had this one character uh, that I played probably a year and a half or so ago. He was a warlock that tried to form a pact with a being far too strong for him. So it fractured his psyche into six different personas, which were completely randomized rolled characters and classes and everything. That's so Uh, fun. And any time I would roll like a natural one, it would instantly change to a different persona with different abilities. So it, it made for some wild times. Uh, but one of the personas was a pal- a paladin named Nikolai who had made it the oath to uh, that was going down the oath of the ancients path of paladin. And he believed very strongly in the rule of dibs. Like if you call dibs on something, like that's yours. <laughs> and the DM was like kind of getting tired of it because I would just call dibs on like enemies or whatever. So in one session, he was like, okay, the gods have revoked your ability, so you no longer have, like, your abilities until you, like, reestablish your oaths. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to break my oaths. So, like, I became an oathbreaker paladin, like, on the spot. Just over the concept of dibs. Yeah, it's like, fine, I'm going to just, I'm breaking my oath, I'm going to get all these cool oathbreaker paladin uh, powers now, and I now serve the law of dibs where i hold the people who call dibs on something above all else that that is like sacrosanct if you call dibs on something that's hilarious i love that yeah it was great it was great the dm was 
uh, his jaw was open when I was like, fine, I'll just be Oathbreaker, whatever. <laughs> lawful, lawful evil, I guess, but I just believe really strongly if you call dibs in something, uh, it's yours. It matters. And it, it matters. Awesome. Exactly. It's the word of law, the word of God. If you call dibs on something, it's yours. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the the joy of uh, Faerun or wherever else you're 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 playing, right? Is yeah. that there's so much insane stuff that sure, why not? There's a there's a guy, and that's his religion. Dibs is his religion. That's his church. Yep. I I called it. Uh, I we were we cleared out a boat that we were like hijacking, and I called dibs on the boat after we hijacked it, and it was called the Azure Dibsy. <laughs> it was a good time. I'll, oh, I'll never forget my boat. Ah, the old Dibsy. May she forever be sailing on the waves. We aren't the only ones with exquisite tales of creativity and cunning from the tabletop. So we're going to go around the web for the tales from the tabletop. Let's first do it. Up we ha- yeah, first up we have user Suzuha from Reddit. They said, instead of trying to get through a border outpost guarded by 15-plus enemy soldiers by force, we forged a military order, moving most of them to the next outpost, effective immediately. We literally walked through and smuggled someone important in after that, bribing the remaining three guards. At another instant, instance, we fought a vampire, but before we did that, we moved 10-plus mirrors to bring down the sunlight from two floors up down to the basement to, cre- to create areas <laughs> he wouldn't be able to pass through. And that's, of course, where our support stood. There you go. That forgery. It's good stuff. Good plan. Good thinking. Yeah, that is much more tactical than I usually uh, am able to think. Uh, So, man, props (laughs) to that. I love it when you're just able to, just on the strength of a good roll, like, overcome something as insane as, like, this checkpoint has 15 guards. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, I, I, I love stuff like that. Um... We uh, in uh in my the in the game that Radwell's in uh we're we're going through um, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden and uh, basically like had to smuggle someone out of uh, this goblin fortress and um, simply through like a couple of good rolls we were just i mean i'm pretty sure that this was supposed to be like three sessions worth of mm-hmm. like dramatic <laughs> like tension <laughs> and intrigue and i like we just happened to get like three like really key roles that were really great and just all of the sudden like had this weird agreement in place where um not only were we just gonna like leave with this guy but like traded the just all these key but basically it was just like our dm was just begrudgingly describing like okay yeah the goblins are literally loading all of this stuff onto your wagon for you and like like, it was just so irritated (laughs) we got through like i think 20 pages of rhyme of the frost maiden in like an hour (laughs) oh that's great that's great uh you want to read the next one yeah, let me find it. Hang on, let me bring it back up. Ba, ba, ba. Here we go. Um, let's see here. One of my okay. So this is from uh, this is from Q uh, uh, Q uh, 
what is your name? Kukui? Kukui. This is from Kukui on Reddit. Or Kukaiui? Uh, this is from Kukui on Reddit. Uh, one of my friends was a half-elf bard who was being attacked by a drow. He was brand new to D&D and blanked on his turn since he was cornered alone and this drow was gunning for him by virtue of being the first elf she saw. So he asked the DM if he could point behind the drow and shriek, Oh, look, a pterodactyl. Yes, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, I love this. Uh, yep. He had a nat 20 on his bluff roll and successfully got away when the drow turned around. That I love that so much. Yep. That's great. That's super We've super all been fun. there. Mm-hmm. Always, <laughs> always go for the dinosaur. Always yeah. go for the dinosaur. That's just science. That's just science, really. It's true. We, um, same campaign actually, uh, found the uh sorry spoilers for rhyme of the frostbite friends i apologize if you've never played through the game um but we like got to the point where um we found the uh the mind flayer ship and you get into all the weirdness with like this mind flayer that wants to like recruit you and we were just kind of as a group just like no we really don't want to be here or do this or like this you know mm-hmm. like there's this is bad <laughs> this is there's <laughs> this is all bad and we were just like you know this is great we have a i think we were like we even used the language we're like we have like a hard out in about 15 minutes <laughs> and like there's a there's this really important business deal we have to get to and it's like clear across like the glacier and on mm-hmm. all this stuff <laughs> yeah again we had we had a nat 20 on on that deception roll and the smite player was like oh well you know i i get you there you know? <laughs> and we, left, we just left and again our dm had put so much care into revealing this ship and how scary this was. And we were just like, yeah, we're gonna leave. Yeah, that's cool you know, and all, but we're really on a time crunch. Yeah, you don't want to explore the place at all? No, I do not want to be on the inside of this xenomorph-looking place. Like, no, yeah. I really don't. I think natural 20s on deception checks or persuasion checks are the funniest resulting roles. Uh, the best, yeah. No, that, that kind of stuff is so, so fun. Because that's the stuff that's really going to just, like... Yeah, that's the stuff that's really just going to, like, screw your DM horribly. Yes. And like, yes. those are the moments you're all really going to remember. It, yeah, we recently convinced a whole horde of bandits whose cave we had just ransacked due to a natural 20 deception that we were cave inspectors sent to do a surprise inspection <laughs> of their cave and their traps. And that they failed horribly, and that we would be back in a in a month to check on their uh, improvements. And we walked out. It's good times. That's fantastic. That good no, times. I mean that's a that that's some full on oh, yeah. big trouble in Little China. Uh, <laughs> Jack and Wang are uh, trying to uh, break into a place by saying they have to inspect uh, uh, some cables that a squirrel chewed. Uh, well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Next up, we have user JKS Hullenberg from Reddit. They say, Facing a stupid, powerful wizard with a vendetta against both our party's wizards, we managed to get off a successful polymorph through a hail of counterspells and threw the now frog into a bag of devouring that we had picked up somewhere. <laughs> For one thing, I just like a good bag of devouring. Oh, That's yeah. great. That's super, super fun. Um... I I, there, I just love like the the comedy of just being able to like cut 
the legs out of a big dramatic like dramatic um, confrontation by just being like, "You're a frog, and now you're in this bag, and mm-hmm. you're gone now." That's that's awesome. One thing I've noticed uh, a couple, probably about a month or so ago, I think I discovered the most secretly overpowered item in all of Dungeons and Dragons, and it's a common. A magic item. It's very simple, but it's the dust of dryness. Okay. So and it so it's like this dust that makes little pellets of marble or little marble-sized things of water, and it's a fifteen, and it says fifteen foot. Um, uh, uh, dust turns a cube of water fifteen feet on one side into a marble. Okay, so that sounds that doesn't sound bad, but it's a right. cube. So it's 15 by 15 by 15. So it's like 3,375 cubic feet of water. So if you then look at like, how much does a cubic foot of water weigh? A lot. I did all these math. (laughs) It, It weighs a lot. So a cubic foot of water is like eight pounds or something. So you multiply that by like the three thousand, and then you multiply that by how or that no, you find out how many ga- how many gallons are in a cubic foot, or whatever. It comes out to like two tons of water, like twenty tons of water in a marble. <laughs> so the amount of like energy contained in that one marble, you just like attach it to the front of a uh, an arrow, shoot it at a dude. The explosion, yeah. like the sheer force of like a marble to a 3,300 cubic volume of water. I actually went on our red, like uh, the math subreddit, and it's like you're dealing with like split atoms and stuff. It's like it's not possible. It's like, but <laughs> energy. It's like you need like a quasar or something. It's like, okay, <laughs> and I can get like a six pack of these for a hundred gold. What? Just six Quasar. Uh, Yeah, that's broken. (laughs) There you go, everybody. My my polymorph has been Snare lately. I've been having a lot of luck with Snare. Um, Very nice. uh, uh, You know, oh, this druid uh, that the entire night's been building up to that we have to fight, and just all of a sudden they're hanging upside down has been... um, I, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to feel bad, and I'm just like, I think I should stop casting snare. <laughs> it just <laughs> has become this thing where it's like, snare. <laughs> My DM's like, awesome. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, thanks, thanks. If it works, it works. Right? That That's all they need to know. That's what works, I say. It works. Want to take the next one? Yeah, uh, t- this is from uh, Tisnaki1990. I like this a lot. Um, a greenish fog was hanging in our path and we didn't trust it. So I asked the DM how high the fog was and he responded with about six foot five high and my eight foot Goliath carried everyone past the <laughs> fog. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's super, super fun. I'm horrible at distance and height and just considering things like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I feel the pain of, the, I've felt the pain of this DM uh, immediately upon reading this. Yeah. Uh, clever, clever solution, though, uh, Tesnaki. Very clever. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have, you, we have user Gamruddy from Reddit. They say, I had my party fighting against a sentry guard construct. They were throwing everything they had against it, and they hadn't even gotten it down to half health. 
and most of them were in danger health-wise. The party rogue managed to stealth his way around back and then rolled a nat 20 in perception to realize that there was a lot of important looking pipes. One of them had smoke coming out of it. He sleight of handed a rock into one of the pipes and caused the sentry to explode in hot fury. That's awesome. Rogues, man. Rogues. And then also just like the ability to um, not carry but or like walk, but sort of like be able to like navigate sort of like a challenging moment of a story that you're doing like with your party. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we've all been there, right? Where it's just like we're all just getting murdered or, or yep. we're just not getting it. Whatever it is, we're just like not getting it in general. So like props to a DM that can find a way to like get that rogue back there and know what they're supposed to be looking for and and also get them back there without feeling like they they gave away the game right you know because they're you know okay guys just calm down here just look at these pipes or whatever but like finding a way to like let that rogue still discover it themselves and have that like really cool heroic moment is awesome yeah a good dm is worth their weight in platinum i think Mm -hmm. or worth their weight in uh those dust marbles it's true. A lot like power of a quasar in your, in your hand. Just shove it in. A, just shove it in a pit demon's mouth and had him bite down. Tell him it's a gobstopper. Yep. Be like, here you go. There you go. Head exploded. You're done. You saved the world. It's great. You just got quasared. It's great. Or you just, uh, or you just nuked like that entire corner of, uh, of, of the map with your with the power of uh, of splitting atoms. Uh, sometimes sacrifices are needed, Joe, mm-hmm, uh, for mm-hmm, the greater good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and how about you take the last one? Sure. This last one's uh, from uh, Care Bear from Reddit. Uh, our party was mostly on lower than half health. Uh, lower, sorry, our party was on mostly lower than half health while fighting an ancient green dragon. Then I had a very bad gut feeling that the dragon would successfully recharge its poison breath. So since the dragon's turn was after me, I readied action to cast wind wall. Then came, then came the dragon's turn. The fucker recharges and breathes at us, but wind wall protected and acted as a shield from the gassy poison breath of the dragon. I think that's that's super cool and just um yeah not like not every move has to be like the killing blow right yeah and um i think um you know a a big criticism i see on fifth and if you don't like fifth it's all good and play however you you need to, to to play uh but something i do love about you know, sort of watching people play fifth is like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, that like the tactics are gone and stuff like that. But I think the tactics just sort of got morphed into like, you know, to be like a little less like crunch and numbers based and a little more just like imagination and like thinking outside mm-hmm. the box based. And uh, so like, I think stuff like this is, is so just fun and like, a, and just like such a cool idea. I agree. I agree. But thank you to everyone who submitted your creative and heroic moments. I very much appreciate it. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the subreddits where you can share your own creative solutions to problems your DM sent at you down below. As you've heard Joe and I and the others reminisce about the amazing moments in 
the magic of Dungeons and Dragons, you might be looking to get yourself some action with D and D Beyond. Well, we are here to help you with that as well. It's really easy to set up. All you have to do is go to dndbeyond.com, and where you, as as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, you can sign in and like make characters and stuff for free. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the 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 basic, you know, just like. Wizards provides like the hey here's here's what you need to really like get in and play here's like the basic books the um, the player's handbook the DM guide all that good stuff so uh, that that basic stuff is um, is is free you just uh, register and jump in I think it's you can make up to five characters I might be wrong on that number mm-hmm. um, but you know you can start messing with with making characters. And uh, and start digging in uh, on in some of like the intro adventures to play. Um, one of my favorite things is if you're like I don't even you don't even have to worry about like how to pick spells and balance and stuff like that. Just hit uh, if you're gonna make a character um, instead of the standard build, just hit quick and just pick. I want to be an elf. I want to be a fighter make this character and it'll handle it for you. So you can just jump in and and like it'll handle like here's your skills and mm-hmm. here's what you do and and all that good stuff for you so you can just get in and 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 play so that's 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 my advice is uh or you can also just hit uh randomize and uh randomize will uh create some very weird stuff for you and uh <laughs> it's one of my favorite things to do excellent excellent and for those of you that want to dive a bit deeper they have access to digital copies of all the books that release so you can it automatically throws in the rules that you have access to a really good way to have all the books access accessible in your pocket. There are also subscription options, both the hero tier and the master tier, uh, which include monthly subscriber exclusive rewards. You can create unlimited different characters. You can publicly share homebrew content and early access to new tools. And with the master tier, you can also share all the content you you've unlocked like your books and stuff with your players mm-hmm. so that's pretty yep, and cool. that's that's and that's those... where you make the deal that uh you're you're providing the stuff and your players provide the uh provide the twizzlers there and, you go uh, and, the, and the chips uh and we also launched um this month uh subscriber perks so these will just be you know kind of just like fun extras and thank yous uh to our subscribers but like uh, subscriber exclusive digital dice uh, you'll get some of those next month um, uh, subscriber exclusive like character portraits and backdrops and just like fun like ways to to customize and decorate your character sheet and like really make it yours perfect perfect so all of you should check out dnd beyond right now and get to rolling some dice even digital dice are fun to roll now, let's say you've snagged and signed up for D&D Beyond, you've gathered your party and your DM, and you want some advice or tips from veteran players. Well, Joe and I are here to help you out with that as well. Joe, what tips would you give to fresh D&D players or DMs? To fresh, let's see here. I mean, I think the um the 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 biggest tip that I can give like a new player is to just um keep things simple and um just be open to to having a good time and having fun you know you you mentioned a little earlier in in the podcast that moment where it's like can i just punch the bartender um have those moments and just enjoy them you know (laughs) like find the find find those like weird 
uh, those weird things that make and that make this you know a different experience than playing a video game because um, you can really just go off that script and, and have those moments. Um, I think for folks who are DMing for the first time, uh, a welcome. Uh, you are you are doing uh, you are doing the world a service. You're doing your friends a service. Welcome aboard. Um, I think the best advice I can give to DMs is to not be so hard on yourself because I know that we all always after a session are just like, oh, I fucked this up and I messed that up and I had to figure this out. Your players aren't aware of any of that. Your mm-hmm. players, I promise you, are in awe of the thing that you are doing right now. Um, so have fun. Enjoy it. Don't stress. Take a breath. You know, you don't have to be like a like this improv information machine if someone's like what's that tree what's the deal with that tree like take a second really think you know like you can take mm. that breath you can take that moment of like okay what is that tree or you can just be like i don't know what is the deal with that tree what do you see a pine uh, and, I, I don't know you know <laughs> and just put it on them um but uh yeah so take that breath and know that you're doing a good job yeah and for me, I mirror a lot of what Joe said. For new players that are playing new characters, don't be afraid to try things. Go out, like, if you have a create idea, it might roll. It might turn out poorly or it might turn out great. Either way, it will turn out fun and uh, you'll have no idea what will happen. But that's part of the fun and joy of playing Dungeons & Dragons. And for brand new DMs, just know that you can plan an entire campaign or a session and probably within the first five to ten minutes it will all go out the window and you'll have to just bs your way through the rest of the session and that's okay and some of the best stuff can come from those moments and like joe said your players won't know they'll just be having fun just make the experience enjoyable and they'll be coming back every week and maybe maybe one day you'll be able to have that encounter you spent hours planning. Now we're getting to one of my favorite parts of these tabletop episodes. Joe, are you feeling classy or a little racy? I'm feeling a little... Now, I don't, you know, I don't want to tip the scales too much here. Um, but I think, uh, I think, I think being a little racy could be fun. Little racy, I like where your head's at. So, let's make a brand new character race. Now let's see. For this one, we are going to just put together basically the the idea of the new character race, throw around the ability score increases, and maybe some of the special, any special uh, skills like gnome cunning that they have and what they can do. So what, what do you think, what style of race do you think Dungeons and Dragons is distinctly missing? Joe. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a specific at you, man. Um, sure. You know we're getting a lot of uh, you know playable monster races and stuff like that, and I think it's cool. But there is uh, there is one uh, monster in particular uh, that I think um, is owed some love. It's it's owed its due, and that's that's the Zorbo. Uh, it is it is my favorite monster, and I think uh, if the popularity of uh, characters like Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy tell us anything. I think it's time for a for a playable uh, Zorbo race. Oh, these are the koala-like bear creature, like koala raccoon mm-hmm. creatures, correct? Yeah, these weird little murder okay. marsupials. <laughs> I feel like murder marsupial has to be its like race racial ability. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Um 
I don't know what that means yet, but I agree. I think that does have to be one of its uh, race abilities. So let's see. Mur the murder marsupial Zorbo. Okay, so are we keeping them at around three foot tall? We keeping them at the, s the small size? You think? Yeah, I think they. I, I think they, they. They stay small. Okay, so we got uh, uh, the age or the size. So we got uh, small. So you're keep them about twenty five feet for their their speed. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's very fair for someone that time. Now, I, I'm not super familiar with the Zorbo, so you'll have to let me know. Are they like? Do they dwell in trees? Would they be like faster in trees? Like yeah, so they uh, yeah they typically they typically live in trees or in caves. So I I do think you know there there would be an inherent uh, spider climb esque uh, okay. racial ability. Very very nice. Okay, cool. So we have uh, spider climb as a racial ability along with murder marsupial, uh, twenty five feet with a small size. What ability score increases do you think these little critters would would get? Hmm. Um. This is this dexterity, is maybe because yeah. they can climb. I think it's gonna be, you know. So if we're if we're looking at the stat block, you know, mm -hmm. um, I think charisma and intelligence probably go down. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be fair. Um. But I think dex goes up, and I think constitution goes up. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with a possum. But um, I have not. Uh, have you? Have you fought a yeah, possum? I yeah. I, I I'm uh, you know from I'm, I'm from the south and and they're <laughs> they are hardy hardy little bastards. <laughs> and so I think <laughs> I, I think a Zorbo would probably follow a little suit. So I think they, there's a Dex and a Constitution bonus. Okay, so they're perfect. And, perfect. Uh, and and, and um, intelligence and charisma decrease. There you go. There you go. So. Uh, do you think these would be good for like locked to a certain alignment, or are they are, are Zorbos? Can they be whatever they want? I, you know what, I believe in freedom of alignment. There you go. I like that. Now, is there a Zorbo language, like, or would they like understand common? What are we What are we feeling? I mean, in my heart, I just want them to only be able to speak Zorbo because I think it would be funny. But I mean, yeah, common. Yeah, you gotta have common in there. Um, uh. Yeah, Would it be Zorbanese? Think, um, yeah, I think they they speak, Zorbonian. Yeah, they, they they speak Zorbonian. Would Zorbonian. be uh, yep. yeah. Would be would would be their bonus language. I think just to spice it up a little, they should also speak Abyssal, because no one will suspect Zorbos. That's these, the these marsupial. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm in with that. So yeah, we got Zorbo. With the dexterity and constitution increase with intelligence and charisma decrease, they're not locked to any alignment. Their size remains small with a speed of 25 feet. They come with uh, the murder marsupial ability along with spider climb, and they speak Zarbonian, common, and abyssal. Yeah, I dig, I like I dig this guy. Yeah, he's got magic resistance and natural armor. Yeah, no, this guy's great. Yeah, I like it. Good job, we made this racy. Yeah, I think I think we made this very but, racy and very small, and uh, yeah, yes. no, I, I'm very into this. Very angry, very angry. I love it, I love it. I'm going to add it in the homebrew on D and D Beyond. Yeah, so everyone perfect. can play as a Zorbo. 
Uh, thank you so much, Joe. This has been so much fun nerding out and talking D&D and D&D Beyond with you. Thank you so much for coming on. Dude, uh, honestly, a, 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 a pleasure to be here. I, I love just being able to uh, just talk about this stuff and just in general and just blab about <laughs> role-playing <laughs> games just in general. It's, it's my absolute favorite thing. And, you know, look, it's not every uh, podcast uh, guest spot where you get a chance to uh, create a playable Zorbo. So I'm super stoked about that, and I appreciate the opportunity to do it. Of course, of course. And uh, I saw that, just a brief aside, I saw that you have the wonderful Ogre Battle as your banner image on Twitter. So if you ever want to come back and talk some Ogre Battle... I'm just purely talk in. over about it. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, g- g- uh, available now on uh, <laughs> SNES emulators everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but yes, thank you so much. But where can people find you on the internet? What do you got cooking? What games will you be starring in? What can? Uh, where can people find you, Joe? Uh, you guys can, you know, find find me on. Uh, I'm not hard to find on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so you you guys can you can definitely uh, check me out there. Uh, we have a lot coming up. Uh, over on D&D Beyond, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about how it, it feels like it's either existed for two minutes or two years. And, uh, you know, I've, okay, what, we're about to wrap up May. So that means I've been here for five months, but it also feels like I've been here for five years. Um, uh, so, you know, it's been five months of sort of getting my footing and figuring things out. And uh, I think we've got some cool stuff coming up that people are really going to dig that I am not allowed to talk about yet. <laughs> Very cool. And what's your handle on Instagram and Twitter? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at JoeStar187, and on Instagram, at JSTAR187, uh, because way back uh, when I was 17 and creating an AOL Instant Messenger account, I typed JSTAR, and it said, that's taken. What about these? And then it would give you an option with random numbers, and one mm-hmm. of those was 187, and I was like, heh. <laughs> Like the cop code, hilarious, <laughs> and I and for um, I commit to the bit, I guess, because now I'm almost forty and I still have it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, be sure to check Joe Star out and keep a lookout for all the great stuff coming on D and D Beyond. And thank you to each and every one of you who's listened today. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as I'd really appreciate it. If you have an RPG you would like to feature on an episode, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with your suggestion, or share your own favorite RPGs or uh, creative moments directly with me on Twitter at SolidSnake120. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to one another, roll high, class dismissed.